Good evening, everyone. It's 6 p.m. and time for our 6 p.m. Uh, Facebook and podcast. We want to welcome those of you that are uh, joining us. And soon, all of these messages are going to be on YouTube as well. And uh, we're going to start a new YouTube channel at the end of February, beginning in March. That YouTube channel will be under Mike Springston Ministries FFC. So we want to alert all those of you that are currently joining us and subscribe to us on Mike Springston FFC, which is our current YouTube channel, that we're going to take a change in channel coming up the very 1st of March. The title of that channel will be Mike Springston Ministries FFC. We hope you'll join us there. We'll be putting all of our Facebook and podcast uh, ministries and messages and teachings on there. Well, welcome to our podcast, Lifting My Radio, Facebook. Remember, you can contact us at springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministries.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's direct messaging. We want to welcome you in tonight. We're going to do part two of the tools that build faith. Uh, I know you will enjoy it. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, we pray that you open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, our heart that we can understand, and then apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Jesus, speak to us now through the Word of God, through your voice, Jesus. Let us know what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate we'll receive it and give it to your people. We ask all of this in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen. I see Susan, or I see Tammy, rather, and Lorraine, and Sharon, and glad to see you all, and hope you're doing very well. The tools that build faith. We started this morning with Genesis 22.5, and Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again unto you. Now, of course, as we mentioned, this is the first time worship has been brought forward in the Scripture. After this morning, we know how to get rid of the demonic distractions that often try to attach themselves to us from our encounters with the people of our world. We now know how to use our supernatural tongue and our natural tongue to bring us into a position where we can worship. We also know that worship drives away the attacks of the, that the enemy that is using to come against us from our external world. And we know that correct worship and the correct use of Jesus' name is involved with all of this, but it will also uh, minister to us in our internal being so that our body has to respond to wellness that is attached to the lordship of jesus christ his authority his power his dominion and his supremacy hi blake lastly we know that the trans this this whole process of worship is transferable because we can minister to others and that his lordship will work with us to produce both signs and wonders now this is a tremendous revelation Now let's see if we can learn anything from Abraham's worship experience that will add more insight into the experience of personal worship. I want you to notice that what Abraham and Isaac took with them to worship. 
And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And Isaac said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Now watch this. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together, and they came, now watch, to the place where God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. So Abraham took these things with him to worship. He took wood of the burnt offering of which Isaac carried. As with all worship, my friends, there must be an altar upon which to lay the sacrifice. The building of that altar is the responsibility of the worshiper. And this is not an altar that can be laid or built by someone else. It's not a place that someone else can take you. Now, I want you to get that. Many people would say after listening to me preach that I'm against music. I'm by no means against music. I love music. I sing, used to sing very well. I enjoy the platform that music presents to invite us to come into worship. But music is the invitation. It's the way in. It's the way through. It is not. Let me restate that. It cannot be worship in and of itself. So, Worship is a place that you're going to go because you have gone there with intention that you are going there. Music is the avenue that sets the stage for you to enter into the depths of worship. So, Pastor, then you would ask me, where is the altar when we come into the sanctuary? Well, you're building that altar in the place where the soles of your feet reside. For it is there that for you on that day, in that moment of time, has become your place of absolute holy ground. As long as you remain the temple of the living God, the place of which you are located, of which your feet are set, is the place that you have determined to make worship. It could be at your desk, in your bed, in your easy chair. It could be on your knees. It can be at your workplace. But wherever you have set the temple of God, which is you, we know that Paul teaches us that the temple of the Lord is us, that he is in us, and we are his tabernacle. Wherever you are, my friend, there is the place where worship must be performed. As long as you remain the tabernacle of the living God, the place where you are is the place where you must build an altar. It's the answering of this question instead. Since you are the tabernacle of God, are you engaging with God in worship or are you engaging with a song and words and a beat? There's the critical question. Because all too often our music creates gymnastics of a mental perspective. And we really don't worship, we sing songs. We really don't enter through the gate of praise and come in and put our tabernacle in a position where we worship 
God, where we build the altar and worship God. Hi, Bobby. Good to see you. Now, along the way to worship, you're going to do some things. That's why I tell you music is the way through. Along the way, you're going to have to get away from those helpers. You're going to to come in through that music. You're going to worship and it's going to take you somewhere. And you're going to walk, not walk away, but in your spiritual self, in your inner man, through the Spirit of God, you're going to walk away from that helper. And you're going to tell them, you continue to play, but I'm going into the place of worship. I must go to worship. I'm not going to just stay in the outer area. I'm not going to stay in the outer court. I'm going to go into the tabernacle of God, and I'm going to commune and worship with God in my spirit. Now, I want you to notice this. Abraham took the altar, and Abraham was building an altar. You can build an altar of God wherever you reside. He took fire in his hand. He took the thing that would burn out of him and off from the sacrifice, the things that needed to be burned away. Now, we talk a lot about our outward distractions, and Lord knows there are. There's the way to make money. There's the way to spend money. There's the way to have a happy household. There's all that's going on in children and grandchildren and community and country and politics, all of those distractions. But here is the thing, that unless we come to grips with what I'm about to tell you, we will never enter into the worship that we require. We have to deal with the inner distractions. We have to deal with the things that we're trying our best to keep hidden from God. That Paul said in Romans 8 that that God himself is searching, Jesus Christ is searching, and the Holy Spirit is working so that he can bring out of you the very best, the very will of God, and make all things work together for good to you. But you are hiding things from God. You're hiding how you think. You're hiding how you behave. You're hiding how you speak. You're hiding things. Some of us are hiding money from God that you know that you're not being faithful with your money. Oh, preacher, man, you don't want to talk about money. I'm not going to talk about money. That's not the gist of what I'm doing. What I'm trying to do is to get you to come to a place where you realize why your world is not functioning in the means that the Word of God has declared that it should. Because you're hiding things, you're keeping things, you're hoarding things, you're putting them in secret places in your heart and trying your best to pretend they're not there as if God, who knows the thoughts and intents and the purposes of your heart, doesn't know what's in you. What a thing, man. So your worship cannot bring you where you want to go and get you into the place in the spirit world where the very spirit of God can do things that in his lordship and as the man in the Godhead bodily speaking through the Holy Spirit wants to do for you. Why? Because you're your own distraction. Huh? You mean to tell me the world is not my distraction? Yes, it can be if you allow it to be. 
But you become your own distraction whenever you make yourself the God over the hidden things that you're working diligently to keep from God. You're trying to keep from prayer, keep from giving, keep from living, keep from uh, guarding your thoughts, keep all of these things that are in essence giving place to the devil. And when you give place to the devil, my son, you cannot worship. You can't worship, really. You can sing some songs and you can clap your hands and you can wave. You can flick the light. But when you're done, there is absolutely no burning out, no elimination of the problems that are existing in your life and you walk away as empty as four o'clock in Halifax, North Carolina when everything is shut down and there's no one in the middle of town but me. That's where we are. We're empty spiritually. And the problem, as I said last week, things have grown dim and because we once were in light and we've had a gradual decrease of light into dimness, now we think that's normal. It is not. It never has been. The light of Jesus Christ is as bright and more bright today than it has ever been. Why? Because he is the one who has ultimate power, authority, and dominion over everything in three worlds. He's never changed. But we have because we've turned off our flow of worship, adoration, honor, and we have stayed in the natural because we just don't want to deal with what's going on on the inside of us. We don't want to deal with the hidden sin that is keeping us from the worship of God. The sad part, my friend, on all of this, this is what I'm saying, you allow it to remain. We all, in some small way, allow it to remain. This could not be so. If this, when we reflect upon the sacrifice in the wilderness, it could not be so. Because when they offered that sacrifice, put their hand upon it, slipped the neck, the blood was gone, and the fire burned up the sacrifice. The sacrifice of Jesus as the perfect sacrifice has been given to you to atone and redeem you. But due to our lack of understanding and knowledge, we attempt to offer a sacrifice of our lips without a sacrifice of our inner man. My friend, that's just not acceptable to God. Why? Because we refuse to reject the idea of cleansing, purging, and refining. Actually, we're taught, now watch this, we're taught the acceptability of sin in our sacrifice. What do you mean, pastor? We're taught a misrepresentation and a misapplication of grace. How so, you ask? We teach grace as if there is no other means to weigh the efficiency and the effectiveness of its application. Someone would say, no, the measure is Jesus Christ. He is the one that has done everything. Well, his work was sufficient. His work was perfect. Then reconcile that statement to Paul's statement in Romans chapter 12. I read it for you. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. 
Now here's the problem with the sacrifice. The sacrifice never leaves as it came. Now here's the way you can tell whether your worship has done anything or not. You want to know a secret? You want to know how you can tell whether you're going to church is accomplishing anything for you? If you come and leave as you came, your worship has absolutely done nothing for you. Because the sacrifice is never the same. The sacrifice is never the same. He never walks out from his form in the form that he came in. Look at Jesus Christ. Read in Isaiah 53. He was so torn to shreds by what had been done with him that they couldn't even recognize him. They thought that surely God has abandoned him. You never come in as a sacrifice and leave like you came. So if you're going to church and leaving with the same struggles, the same torments, the same uh, soul issues, and the same internal issues, in other words, you're harboring all of the things in your inner man that you did before you went to worship, then you haven't worshipped at all. You haven't done what you went to do. Why? Because you have determined in yourself to remain in your sin. You have determined that you were not going to present your body a living sacrifice. Because a living sacrifice never, ever, a sacrifice never leaves the place of sacrifice in the same form or the same way under the same means as it came in. When Jesus came down off of that cross, he was decimated by sin. He went as a man and they decimated him until they could not even recognize him. Think about that. But yet we want to go to church and we want to clap our hands, sway to the music, sing a few songs, give an offering, wait our hardest for 12 o'clock and get away to the buffet bar with the same struggles, the same worries, the same concerns, the same sin, and absolutely zero worship. That doesn't reconcile with Paul, and that doesn't reconcile with grace. It's not holy and acceptable unto God. My friend, that becomes your reasonable service, that you do not be conformed to this world. If the message of grace is allowing you to be conformed to this world, then the message of grace is being given to you in error. Because truth, the divine side of God, is the balancing scheme that tells you whether grace has done what it was supposed to do. The justice of God will measure whether you have applied grace in your life correctly. How will I know, pastor? How will they tell me, pastor? You will not leave worship as you came. If you are then you are misqualifying, misrepresenting the work of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You can't get away from it. Now you know. Now you've got to come to church. Now you can never again come into church and leave church without the knowledge of whether I have worshipped and come away from the slavery, the captivity, the brokenness, the blindness, the poverty, and the bondage of sin and leave from there and be totally different because the sacrifice never leaves in the same form of which it came. Never, ever, ever. It will never happen that way. My friend, we now know, we now can put a handle on what worship should be and what should happen in our lives. We should walk away, as the Holy Ghost said this morning, comforted, at peace, and refreshed. Isn't it amazing that the Holy Ghost spoke on that?
Those three terms, as we were preaching on worship, this is what worship must produce. If it is not producing comfort, peace, and refreshing, then you have absolutely not worshiped. You have spent time. You have simply gone and took an hour, an hour and a half of your Sunday to go to church. And what does it do? Well, it solves your mental state. But it did not cause you to come into the freedom that Jesus Christ said the Spirit of the Lord would give you and it would be so free that to you that freedom would become a year of jubilee. Oh my God, this thing is rich and real. Now we know we cannot operate anymore in the old way. We cannot think in the old way. We can't do church in the old way. We can't come to church in the old way. We cannot go to church and expect them to sing me in the worship. We can expect them to lead me to worship. But I'm going to have to deal with who I am and I'm going to have to deal with what I'm doing and I'm going to have to deal with how I'm standing in that moment of worship before Almighty God. If I am not, then I will walk away from there and nothing will change, nothing will be different and I will go back and face the attacks of the devil and the devil will then be as a roaring lion seeking you to devour you. Why? Because he knows you haven't worshipped. He knows you haven't done the things that are required for you to gain comfort, peace and a time of refreshing. He knows that. And so now this temptation thing that is common to man is absolutely like a gusher coming at you and you don't know what to do about it. Paul said, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is that? That is comfort, peace, and the refreshing that comes from the Spirit of God. That is the renewing of mind. That is how you will know whether you have worshipped. Now, many of you are going to say, Oh, Pastor, I, I don't know how I, I can do that. Well, you offer yourself as a sacrifice that's wholly acceptable. And understand, that is your reasonable service. Why is that? Because the one who died for us did that for us and more. If we've come to him, then we should be like him. Now, I'm about to show you something, so pay attention. If we have been apprehended by him, according to how Paul saw it in Philippians 3, then we should move forward into apprehending more of him. Unholy living and blaming it or ex expecting grace to overcome it is not what Paul meant when he taught grace. Why would you say that, Pastor? Ephesians 3 and 20. Now unto him that's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we're able to ask, think, or think according to the power that worketh in us. There is a power that has come to us from the sacrifice. This power is greater than anything we can imagine. It surfaces in dominion, power, authority, and supremacy. These are located in us in such a way that all of our natural man, all of our natural thoughts cannot understand if we only try to reply to it in the natural things. So we live short of his glory and we rely on grace not because there is not a way made or a power that works in us 
but because we choose the message that is less demanding. Oh! Therefore, our worship upon a less demanding message is absolutely not accomplishing what God intends for us to accomplish. Sometimes you have to set a fire in your spirit, man, my friend, that will burn out the things that are in you, that are inward distractions from worship. What is in you that keeps you from coming to the house of God and being able to break into his presence? Well, my friend, you know what it is. Let me tell you some things. Foul language. Anger. All of those 17 works of the flesh. Pornography. The desire to see lewd and lascivious things. The desire to behave one way in the house of God and another way out. The desire to fit into the world. Now this could go on and on and on and on, but the issue is, you know what it is that you do that you shouldn't do. You know what it is that you say and act that you shouldn't say and act, that do not reflect Christ. You're going to have to compete. Now listen to this language. You're going to have to compete with that distraction And that's what you're doing when you're trying to come to worship and either honoring outside distractions or inside distractions with no idea that you are going to eliminate them. And now you're going to have to come and sacrifice them and the the only means to do it is through fervent and effectual prayer that brings you into the Spirit of God. Your worship if you are willing to bring yourself to an altar where you surrender all of the things that are in you that you're trying to hide, where you surrender all of the distractions that are outside of you that you're trying to deal with, if you bring all of that to His Lordship and you lay them down, they all have a name, they all have in their own right their ability to speak. But you have the right to surrender your tongue and to submit yourself by bowing at the altar and thereby crucifying those hidden things, external and internal distractions. Now you're about ready to worship. Take the knife now, my friend. And if I have stopped the outer distraction. I'm going to take the knife and I'm going to cut away every inner distraction. Every dedicated act of worship, every one of them, will always be a sacrifice. So there will always be bloodshed of some kind, whether it is in the case of Abraham and Isaac with the ram, the temple with the elements, the animals they brought in, or in our case, spiritual in what has been done for us by Jesus Christ, that Paul declares in Galatians 2.20, he was crucified with him. That Paul declares that his spirit man, his flesh, was crucified with him. And that Paul declared that once he got those things crucified, he could then walk in the spirit. This is you. This is what you must do. Worship is essential. We have been away from worship too long. We have made worship to be something that it is not, and I will say it again. We have made worship to be music, and it is not. Music is the entrance 
into your personal altar. If you will come to your personal altar, you will find yourself come into comfort, peace, and refreshing. And then what the preacher tells you in preaching will minister to you. We execute his sacrifice by exercising the avenue of which he, his sacrifice opened to us. What is that, pastor? What did the sacrifice open to me? He opened salvation. You were saved, and that is the first step in the process of salvation. What does the plan of salvation do for us? It allows us to follow Him, and it allows us to imitate His journey. So you would say to me, Pastor, I heard Isaac ask, where is the Lamb? Well, the Lamb, my friend, is present wherever you personally establish an altar, because the Lamb is you. It's you, my friend. Romans 12, 1 said, We present your body, it's you, as a living sacrifice. So do I come holy in the worship service or does the worship develop a holy and acceptable service on my behalf? Here's where the church has failed miserably. Our services are so disconnected from worship that no acceptable service has been transpiring. Nothing that connects the spiritual world that can be determined as holy ever crosses over from the natural to the spiritual. We sing songs, everybody understands them. But because we have set no altar and we have remained in the natural, we've never crossed over into the spiritual. We've never gone internal to seek along with him and say, search me, O God. Search me so that I can find your will. Search me so the Holy Ghost can reveal your will. Search me so all things can work together for good because I love you and I'm the called according to your purpose. Search me. Search me. What does this cause in our world outside the sanctuary? Absolute instability. Depression, oppression, anxiety, mental problems. Why? Because we've done nothing, absolutely nothing, to stabilize our inner man against the attack of the common things. Since we do not allow, eliminate distractions, and we do not come with our mind set on being, being the lamb, the sacrifice, we leave totally unprepared to handle the demands of life. So what do we do? Well, we come up with a lot of anger, upset, worry, wonder. We walk in doubt and unbelief. And we come to church that way and we leave that way. Why? Because we stayed in the natural. We never went from natural to spiritual. We never begin to compare spiritual with spiritual as Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 2. No, no. We didn't do that. Why? Because we weren't expecting to. We were expecting them to sing a few songs and preach a, preach a nice little message and at the end of the day everybody has a little socialization and we go home. Our spiritual man is put on the back burner. You know what we've done? We have grieved the Holy Ghost. We have grieved him because we are not worshiping appropriately. Therefore, he is not released appropriately to do in us the things that the plan of salvation has brought to bear. Well, what are they? To save us. That's good. To destroy our flesh. That's a step. That's better. That's step two. To deliver and deposit our sin nature so that we can come and be delivered from, from the uh, region of the damned and be resurrected in robes of righteousness. That's great. Now we got to follow him and become a priest and become sanctified by the blood. 
We're not done yet. We got to move up a little higher and come into him and his dominion, power, rule, reign over every principality and every might and become all things to the church. Then we got to go to the next step, which is him as the man in the Godhead bodily, where he bathes us with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit now allows him to speak through us so that he himself personally can lead us and guide us and direct us into truth, show us great and mighty things that are to come and give us what to speak when we need it. This is the plan that this has been, has been devised by the Godhead force and we're going to have to get to worship to get it. Not going to come any other way. All the distractions that have been available to us can no longer exist if we effectively have completed and been sacrificial in our worship. We don't want it, however, because we're willing not to do it. You must have come to the position where you're willing to be bound, where you're willing to be oppressed, depressed, and obsessed with things that are in the natural. We leave often from church as burdened as we came, but we're called by Paul to present ourselves a living sacrifice. How can we present on the one hand and be dedicated in that presentation and dare to leave under the same burden we brought? Worship is not, nor can it be accomplished in such a fashion. Not if we're going to be done worshiping we're going to worship through the process that makes you come into the holy place and leads you to being whole. Not if we're going to be doing it after an acceptable service. Father, I thank you for the word of God. Lord, I pray that you'll give us a vision of worship. A vision of how we must build our own altar how we must provide our own fire, our own desire to eliminate external distractions and internal distractions, how the, the knife cuts like a two-edged sword, goes into the joints and the marrow, cuts away from it all the things that are thoughts and intentions that are not acceptable to you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus you will open our eyes to the truth about worship. That you will bless those that take us to it. But you will cause us to go through the music ministry into a time of worship where we release ourselves where we present ourselves in worship until you come and comfort, bring peace, and refresh us. God, we ask you to do it in the name of Jesus because this is the worship you desire. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. But most of all, we worship you for the comfort, the peace, and the time of refreshing that only real worship brings. We ask it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. I saw Brandon and Tara and Ellen 
Um, I appreciate everybody, Bobby and Sharon and Tammy, Charles, that have come on with me tonight, and I appreciate every one of you. We'll be back at church on Wednesday night at 6.45 for Bible study. Wednesday night, we're going to be preaching, teaching rather, on the concept of what Jesus meant when he said, no man shall pluck you out of my hand. You don't want to miss it. May God bless you, my Facebook friends, until we have the chance to speak again. Podcast, Jesus is Lord. Find him there, and there you're going to find him in complete dominion. Find him as the man in the Godhead, and there you'll find him as the man who will speak to you, through you, to you and through you, and show you great and mighty things that are to come. May God bless you is my prayer until we speak again.